Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Enjoy listening and watching as addiction experts Mark Sheeran and I cover controversial as well as helpful topics on addiction, how to move past it, and other related subjects. As two of the co-founders of the Freedom Model, Mark and I will give you a completely new perspective on the topics that matter to you. We will take to task the Recovery Society's lies and misinformation and replace them with facts, research, and the methods to move on from addiction struggles without 12-step meetings, rehabs, and the shackles of endless recovery. Let's escape the treatment and recovery trap together and learn to be free. Welcome to the truth. All right. Hi, everybody. All right. This is our first Addiction Solution podcast where we're actually videotaping it as well. This will be. <laughs> I even have my handy dandy Freedom Model cup. Yeah. So I feel very professional. I'm going to look at advertising. <laughs> so good. I don't because we only have one. They <laughs> yeah. They've been broken. This is the last one. So we got to just save it. That's right. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an online auction. No. <laughs> Okay. All right. Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast, where we discuss how millions of people solve their addictions and move on with their lives. I'm Michelle Dunbar, Mark Sheeran, Stephen Slate, and I wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions and the Freedom Model for the Family. We've been researching addiction and helping people move past it for more than 30 years. Today, Mark and I, I think it's I think it's going to be a fun one because we're going to talk about how we walked out of the cult of AA. That's right. And uh, because we got a great um, comment this morning, I know I saw it this morning in our group about a person who went to 50, 20 years, 50 rehabs, detoxes, like halfway houses, sober living. This person basically spent the last 20 years doing all that stuff. Um, and it And it inspired us to want to talk about how we got out. Yep. We're very happy to offer various ways you can learn the Freedom Model. You can get free copies of our books at thefreedommodel.org. Enter coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. We also have an incredible online program now that Mark and I teach. It's more than 65 videos. You can get that. Also, you can get all this information at thefreedommodel.org. And that also includes information about uh, private instruction, where you work one-on-one -on -one with a Freedom Model private a tutor basically yeah, an instructor. Um, over zoom and we have our retreat which is where we're filming and recording right now this is my office yes we're in mark's office we've got a little corner studio yeah it's pretty cool so okay so um as many of you know if you've heard our podcasts uh mark and i grew up in aa separately we didn't know each other although i think his mother knew my dad because they were both gurus in their own right in AA by yeah. the time we came around. That's right. That's right. Read read what the <clears throat> what that person said. Read that comment. Oh yeah. It's really amazing. We're getting more and more people into the group. The group is growing very quickly now, which is exciting. Um, this person said, thanks for all the hard work you all have done. I've been to more than 50 treatment centers, detox days, and halfway houses over the past 20 years. Years. I was a big book thumper for 10 years, more than 10 years, but I never went to meetings. <laughs> My sponsor shit all over meetings, but said the solution was in the first 164 pages of the big book. 
we we went through a phase like that. Yeah, we did. Um, so I've always known that the meetings were a waste of time and my time is valuable. Over the years, I went back to school to get my degree in psychology. And the more I studied, the more I learned that the 12 steps was a bunch of propaganda. They have a 5% success rate. It's very confusing. And I eventually did my own research. And finding you guys, I have come to the conclusion that it is all bullshit. I went out and made myself the worst of the worst, hoping to have a spiritual experience that would change me. Every time I went to treatment, I wanted to stop. And I am such a type A personality, high achiever, that I bought into the self-fulfilling prophecy of the 12 steps. And I made that prophecy true. I would completely change my life only to get to the next level and sabotage it by taking a pill. It became a pattern in my life until three years ago when I realized I was living in a cult within a cult. My former sponsor and mentor created a cult within the cult. His fundamentalist big book, 12-step spiritual retreat treatment center had brainwashed thousands and thousands of innocent people. I had been a part of that cult, like for real, for real. I got suckered into it. It's hard to believe that I fell for it. I am looking forward. And then she talks about becoming a motivational speaker and basically setting out to change the conversation about addiction so that people don't get sucked into that like and and that was basically our goal as well here's what's interesting about her experience mirrors what michelle and i went through with her dad uh jer who was the original researcher of the freedom model right mm -hmm. if you go back 32 years when we all met um we we were a part of aa but we also knew that it didn't it didn't work effectively. We knew that something was drastically wrong. Yes. And like this person, we actually created a sub AA model, sort of a subgroup. Um, but here's what's interesting. The difference between what that person did and what we did was we had one idea that changed the entire narrative. So we started in AA. Let me let me back up. We started in AA. We met. We were going to find out if AA actually worked. But here's what's crazy. We knew that it wasn't a disease. We intuitively right. knew that something was amiss there. And so our idea was, let's prove that old AA, the first 164 pages of the big book <laughs> of the text, was effective. Right. But we're going to tell people simultaneously that they're not broken and they can move on and they have a choice. Now, that idea, what I just said, and the first 164 pages of the big book are diametrically opposed to each other. <laughs> they are. <laughs> so, but, but we made it work in the beginning, right? We, we did. We, we somehow mixed these two models and then we eventually we called it the fellowship instead of AA. And then AA got pissed at us yep. um, and kicked us out. I think we were probably one of the first groups to ever be uh, excommunicated from Alcoholics Anonymous. They, they saw us as a, a serious threat because we talked about moving past the meeting structure, uh, moving past uh, the 164 well, pages. Right? Dad would call himself recovered. He would say, uh, I'm, I'm good now. Nothing's wrong with me. And then people would say, you know, does that mean you can drink safely? He goes, of course. Yes, I said that to him. Yeah, I said that to him when he was telling me all about how there's no such thing as alcoholism. I mean, this was 1990. Okay, yeah. Mark, Mark met my dad in in '89, right? Yep. And it, you know, he was telling me that, and I'm like, okay, so you can drink safely, like you could drink. He's like, of course I can. 
And I'm like, and I was in school for, you know, psychology at the time. So I was like, well, that's just a bunch of shit, dad. That's crazy talk. <laughs> yeah. And and everybody would always respond with, well, then why don't you drink? And he's because I, I really don't want I to. I really don't want to. I'm not interested in yeah. it. And to this day, he hasn't. No, it's not has. important to him. He doesn't uh, want to. But not because he's in AA or any of that. It's just he he moved on with his life. Yeah. But but here's what's so crazy. Because we held on to meetings, this idea of quiet support, I think we we believed that there was there was some need to be part of a recovery structure at that point. We hadn't we hadn't evolved past that idea yet. Right. And and it was really detrimental because we couldn't figure out the freedom model because we were still holding on to the implication that you are fragile and weak because you need a subculture of meetings and that you're somehow different than the average Joe, than the regular person out there that doesn't have a problem. Now, the freedom model, once we evolved past that, we know that you are no different than anybody else on this planet. You're not broken. You're not diseased. You don't need meetings. You don't need recovery. You don't need to relapse as part of your recovery. There is no recovery because there's nothing to recover from. So, so you can see that we've come a very far distance from that original idea of the first 164 pages of the big book (laughs) coupled with meetings and, and, oh, and you're not broken. And so, I mean, that starting point, here's what's so crazy about it is because we had this little caveat that you weren't broken and that you could move past your addiction, whatever it was, that little nugget of truth ate away at the cult of Alcoholics Anonymous. Exactly. That's exactly what happened. It was, it just, it logically, it didn't follow a good logic train. If we're throwing away step one, which was dad threw away, before I got there. Right, right. The right, powerlessness narrative. Right. Everything beyond it is based on it. That's right. But we, you know, I can remember it's, I don't want anybody to feel badly for spying into the cult, like the way she was talking about. I can't believe that I bought into all of that. Oh, got it. Because we did. We did. We, you, you know, you're so vulnerable at that point and you're not sure I mean, especially we were young too. And, and we grew, because we grew up in it, it's all that we knew. Yeah. So there was no freedom model. There was nothing, nothing. There was, it's so, such a crazy thing. People say, why did it take you 27 years to write the freedom model? I said, do you understand the amount of bullshit you have to sift through in the research community to, to understand how humans actually work. You know, what is the truth about addiction or the lack of it? What is the truth about the powers of substances or the lack of it? You know, what is the, what is the truth? And, and when you, in science and especially behavioral science, because behavioral science is one of those things that is very hard to quantify because people in their own minds are totally free and they can think whatever the hell they want. Yeah. And so trying to figure out mental health and behavioral type issues is, is really difficult. And so the, because 
like the disease model was so well entrenched by the time I was in college, which was the 1980s, and it was proliferating. Like treatment centers were exploding. Yeah, it was the fastest growing segment of the medical industry yeah. in the 80s. Yeah, and it was huge. That so go being in psychology, all the courses you took reinforced what you were already learning. You were being told told what you were supposed to think, not how you're supposed to figure it out, right? Like, like what to think, not how to think. And, and so it was, even though I didn't completely buy in, I thought the disease model didn't make sense to me. Right. When I started struggling myself, it felt like it made some sense. Well, yeah, because AA, the 12 steps is filled with half truth. Every yes. single step in their framework has a, uh, a piece, a fact Right. Uh, for example, the first step is um, we're powerless over alcohol and our lives had become unmanageable. Um, now, the powerless idea is absolutely horseshit. It, it's not true. It's not objectively true. Nobody is powerless over a substance ever, ever, no matter how bad your habit right. is. Um, but by what Bill Wilson did was he added in, but your life had become unmanageable. And that's a this is a cult tech technique. And that is. People would be vulnerable, yes. be flat on, you know, in the ditch somewhere. They get up, their life is a catastrophe, right? They're struggling. And so they say, I'm not powerless over alcohol. That's bullshit. And then they go, but my life is but my life is a shit show right now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, nobody goes to their first meeting because things are going great. Right. So, you know, so that half truth you know, or that, that nugget of truth that their life is unmanageable makes the other part, well, maybe I am powerless. Exactly. And so exactly. every step is like that in, in their framework. And we, that just that subtle little technique that Bill cooked into his framework was so well thought out Oh yeah, and so well marketed that it was just, it was hard to figure it all out and debunk it all. Yeah. You know, because because there was an emotional attachment to to the half truths, so it was it was just it was a wild road, man. I mean, we were <laughs> we were kicked out of AA, and um, then we created our fellowship, which we recreated AA, not a small, meaning to. yeah, just a small microcosm of it, but still very culty. Yeah, and um, yeah, not there's there's this idea that you. You want to, we wanted to help people, right? We wanted to help people to get over their, their addictions, to get over, you know, and just like well-meaning people in the treatment industry, the idea is I have got to change this person from the outside, right? And so you, that's how you do that. You create this cult-like thing where everybody is trying to change each other and and figure out like we were everybody was looking for this recipe yes it, it, you know like like you could like there was one way that everybody gets sober yeah and right? we talk about it and we talk about it in the freedom model like it's the ingredients in baking a cake if human beings could just follow the instructions they pop out the other side sober and happy right and and here's the thing about free will and personal autonomy, which is how humans are created. Everybody has their own perspective about their life. Yes. They have their own internal reasons why they get high. And what Bill Wilson did and the treatment community has done is they've made it an external problem that requires external means or treatment. 
you have to be you have to be in treatment to get over the problem but really it's an inside job yeah it can't work it can't work from the outside now the truth is everybody does change the exact same way whether they know it or not whether they know it or not because they they basically they change their mind right right they change their mind about substances so how people get there how people get to that change of mind is all very personal yeah and it's different for everyone yep Yep. You know, but in the end, that was the piece that was missing. And I, I want to say Mark came up with the positive drive principle when like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, where it, he, where he said to all of us, he's like, I think people pretty much do what they want to do. I think pretty much people do whatever makes them happy. And, and we're like, oh, I don't think that's true. <laughs> yeah. And and that ended up probably being the most important. That was sort of the linchpin philosophy and understanding. It's of so simple. Behavior. Yeah, but but it's but it's everything. You know, it's because, hard to teach because when people realize that they're doing things because they see value in it or benefit in it, all of a sudden they're they realize, oh my god, I, when I was drinking and drugging, it follows that principle as well. I'm doing it because I like it. You know, and. Uh, and then you can change it because now we're talking about an internal process to the individual, which is what are my reasons for getting wasted? You know, what yes. are my reasons? Not not what a counselor is saying, not because I lived in the ghetto or I had abuse as a child. None of those factors. They factor in if their beliefs, part of your belief system. But the truth of the matter is you drink and drug because you like it. Yeah, because there's something about it you feel like you need. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something about it you definitely want. And I say it all the time in class. I'm like, nobody gets addicted to something they hate doing. Right. You know, so if you look around, there is, there are definitely, you have reasons for why you prefer being intoxicated. You have reasons why you prefer to use alcohol or drugs in the way that you use them. And, 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 and you know, this is true because there have been points in time when you've stopped for other reasons, right? And and that was the part of AA that was that was so difficult for me to understand because when you go there what happens is you rewrite your history. Yeah, you do. And and that's what that's what I did because they ask you questions like you know, when you would go out, would you and you'd say you're going to have just two drinks, would you have 10 drinks? And that happened a lot of times. And I changed it to think it happened every time well yeah you know what i mean and it didn't happen every time and it doesn't happen every time because they ignore anything that doesn't fit the narrative um i'm gonna switch gears here so when we were when we were building this whole thing um we had to wade through all this yes we had to wade through it and there was no other program or idea out there that talked about exclusively addiction being a process of something decision making. Yeah. Decision making. It's no different than deciding anything else about your life that you like or value. And, and what happened was it was crazy because AA came after us. Um, There's a story to be told here about what it's like to change a paradigm and boy, if you're going to go against a monolith like AA and the treatment complex, the industrial complex, right? That all the all these moving parts that employ millions of people, and there's forty five billion dollars behind it. You better strap in, buddy, 
because, yes. because it's a painful, painful thing. I went through hell for 15 years with people trying to silence us. And eventually the big tech giant silenced us and canceled us. And uh, people stole our website. I mean, it was constant warfare. Oh my gosh. Yes. It, it was, it was the most stressful thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I've had a crazy life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, why am I talking about that? I'm talking about that because I want you to know that you don't have to go through that. No, nope. we did all that, all that shit for you. We went through that gauntlet and now there's this book that we have called the freedom model. Right. And, and we have all these various options for people to learn it from, from a free book all the way to coming to our retreat and all kinds of options in between. But, You'll never have to go through what we went through. We have a very clean deprogramming guide. You want to get out of AA? We can show you exactly how to do it because we walked that walk. We started there where you are in pain, confused, scared, scared. I was terrified. Yep. When, when my father decided he was keeping track of everything. We, I mean, it was, it was genuinely a research project. Yes, and so it was 2002, it was Christmas time. And I had come to work full time. I had always volunteered, but I was finally working full time for the company since that summer because my son started kindergarten and it was time, you know? And, um, and he just all of a sudden dropped a bomb on us right around Christmas time. And he said, we're shutting down the fellowship. We're sending people home. It's, it's done. It's done. We people need to get on with their lives. And and I can remember thinking, well, what is going to happen to these people? Because we had created this little subculture yeah, in, in Hegeman, New York, yep. you know, right around our retreat. And um, and it was a mess. It was a mess. And and so we had to announce it right at Christmas time. <laughs> Yes. It was Christmas. I hated my father. <laughs> it was Christmas Day. It was I think it was Christmas Eve. We get, yeah. Christmas Day. Yeah, it was Christmas remember. Eve. That's right. It was the night before Christmas. We're like, everybody's gotta go home. The night before Christmas. Um <laughs> it yeah. was but I was scared. I was scared for those people. I was never scared for myself, which I think is telling. I think it's very interesting because a lot of times people are like, Well, I know I'll be okay but all these other people won't be okay. Well, that's crap. That's very egocentric. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the truth of the matter was what dad had found and what our research was showing was that the people that left did three times better than the people yeah. that stuck around. That's right. I mean, that's not a small thing. It's a difference between an abstinence rate of 30% and an abstinence rate of like 85%. I mean, it was crazy. Um, when people came and got, like figured it out and then they went home and got on with their lives, they did well. And then it wasn't soon after that, that I think we got rid of, once we got rid of this meeting sort of meeting structure and sort of bubble that we had created, um, then we really embarked on writing the freedom yes. model. It wasn't called the freedom model then. It was, it was, we have various names and, yes. and different editions of the book. At that point, I think it was the 12th edition I was working on. And that was a huge departure from where we were. Yeah. The 12th edition, the 11th edition. Yeah. And then the 12, like the, wow, it went, the 10th edition was the last of the old. Yeah. Right. And so the 11th edition was like, there was some fresh stuff in there. Yeah. It was a mess. Cause I wrote the whole <laughs> thing myself in, in like three weeks, I just sat down at home and wrote the whole damn thing. And it was a terribly written mess, but it was all my ideas jumbled. Yeah. And then the 12th edition, I got to work and really, really focused on my writing style 
and I'm not a good technical writer. And then we the, pulled in Steve. Steve came in on the 13th edition, 12th edition, 12th maybe. edition. He was he was back. Right. Like Steve had been gone doing his thing for a little, yeah. for about 10 years. And um, and then he came back and he was like, I'll help you guys That's do this. Steve Slate, the other author of the Freedom Model. Yeah. So so it was. But it was brilliant. So if you ever want to see how we walked out, that's our books. Show it. Yeah, yeah. There's books out there. I think the Jude Thaddeus program or something. The, the, that's, the that's, home recovery yeah, program. Oh, it's so embarrassing because <laughs> what we did was we we that those were the years that we were taking the AA model and trying to make it work. Right. And and uh, uh, I, I hate that my name is on that book, but but the truth is that's just part of the research, right? It's There's part a, of the research. Absolutely. That's where we started. Here's the good part about this whole thing, because we want this to be a historical sort of podcast. And like I said earlier, we walked the walk with you. Yeah, so if, for sure. If you're sitting there thinking, you know, first of all, these people hate AA or anything. I don't hate anything. I, I walked out of it piece by piece by piece. And each piece I would take and I would look at a piece in AA is, uh, do we need meetings? Or uh, do I believe that the fifth step is necessary? Do I feel like the fourth step that, that a fearless moral inventory is necessary for somebody to get over their guilt or, or to stop drinking? And, and we looked at every little piece. Now, it took us all these years because when you, when you in human behavior research, when you make a change, you have to measure it for a very long period of time. So you couldn't just make big, bold steps. The biggest, boldest one was letting go of the fellowship, I think. the, the Yeah, the, the idea that people would need that kind of support. But we, I think that was we, the hardest thing for us. I think so, too. And because then we were on our own to figure out, oh, what yes. is the answer? Yes. And and I so it was it was there was a weird period there between the 10th to the 13th edition where we figured out, oh, the answer is you. Yes. And, fully, and, fully, the mind. The human well, we mind. wanted to see too, if we weren't just willy-nilly throwing things out. We were saying, is there any value in the, in the meeting structure? Is there value even, you know, is it is it a is it a lost leader? Maybe it's maybe it's innocuous, right? And and we wouldn't throw something out unless we knew there was some detriment there. That's right. You know, and that there was a better, more beneficial way by doing something else. Yes, exactly. And we did see that. We did see that when when Dad decided we're throwing out that group, the fellowship, we're throwing out the meeting structure. There was a huge detriment to staying in that that. To believing you needed support, yeah. Um, yeah, because when you're you're basically anytime you're relying on something outside of you to prop you up to make you you know not well, drink and do drugs, you're it's living, a problem. You're living an illusion at that yeah. point because the only solution is your autonomous mind, you, and finding the reasons why you like it, seeing if those perceived benefits are real. If you're getting those perceived benefits, uh, are you getting something out of the drug experience? You know. Um, and, and how scary how scary is that after you've just spent time in AA being told you can't trust your own thinking? Right. Self-knowledge is not the answer, Bill Wilson said. That is the answer. It's yep. literally it's the, the only answer. answer. Yeah, there is no other answer and never has been. Even when you go to AA, it's you <laughs> deciding. So um, all right. So I I just want to tell people that we understand what it's like to walk out of the cult. 
Yeah. And we understand it to the extreme. Yes. And we we don't we don't bash AA for the sake of bashing it. We bash lies. Yes. So so I, I have no problem being very emotionally tied to destroying lives or lives, destroying lies. Lies that destroy lives. That, I mean, because right. because it's 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 not as good as doing nothing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's if if like I said, if AA were innocuous, if it were just like, well, yeah, I mean, right. If it was neutral, if it was neutral and it, it didn't, you know, hurt people, then we would say, hey, yeah, go if you want. But it hurts people. The whole premise of it hurts people. What they teach you hurts you. It makes mental health issues worse. It creates mental health issues where there weren't any. Yep. Um, it, 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 I think, increases um, trauma. I mean, we had somebody argue with us online that, so you're saying you don't need to go make amends to people? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm fucking saying. <laughs> I'm saying that. I'm like, yeah, your life will be the amends if you get your shit together and exactly. get your act together. All of a sudden, your life is the example, yeah, I mean, and then people come to you and say, "I'm ready for a sorry." That that happens. It happens all the time. Yeah. You just, you know, it's it's one of those things where, yeah, if you want to go say you're sorry to somebody, go do it. You know, it has nothing to do with whether you drink or don't drink. That's it. That's it. We connect all these things to drinking or not drinking. And in, in our book, we have a chapter called Learned Connections, where we pull those things apart. Drinking is its own issue, drinking or drugging. Yes. And then, and then you know, your life issues are just the, the same. All these other things, yeah. right. You're like, fix, I, I don't know any relationships that are fixed by AA, quite frankly. Oh, God, no. Um, you know, I've seen a ton of relationships be destroyed by it. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, AA does not have... A, any kind of help for people that need to fix their relationships. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a definitive statement. <laughs> All right. So, um, so what do we have for people? We have the online program. Yes. So if you want to learn like this, where me and Michelle teach and, and on the side, there'd be a presentation and you want to go through the entire book with us together. That's right. Um, you can get the Freedom Model online program, and you can get that at online.thefreedommodel.org. Yep. If you want to have one-on-one -on -one classes like this, where it's over Zoom, um, then you would have you would go to thefreedommodel.org. Yep. And that's Freedom Model Private Instruction. And if you want to come to the retreat right now, we have a full house. Um, but if certainly if you want to come, you, you can make your reservation with Danny Wyke. I don't know. Is the number on the thing? I can't see because I'm half blind. <laughs> but it's it, up in the top left corner. Okay. Yeah, there it is. So it's 888-424-2626. Uh, um, and talk to Danny and see if you might want to come out. And usually people stay for three weeks and they learn the freedom model that way. Um, and then of course we have the podcasts, we have free books. Yes. Right. We have so much, so many free resources. We are starting on Monday, the 28th of February. We will be, uh, begin recording the freedom model for the family online program. Um, that is going to be available by April 
7th. Um, it'll probably be about 20 lessons. I haven't finished writing the lessons yet, but I, I got a good start on them. And, um, and so if you're doing the freedom model and you have family members that are concerned that you're not going to meetings, that you've changed everything. Maybe you were, used to have a heroin problem and now you're smoking a little weed now and again, or you've decided I'm going to want to moderate my drinking. Um, and they're very scared about that. The freedom model for the family will be a great option for them so they can understand what you're doing. And also we have five seminars where we go through and we review the history of Alcoholics Anonymous, why it's a cult, how it's a cult, how it makes its money. Yeah. Um, and we deconstruct the entire model in five hour long seminars. And you can get that at online.thefreedommodel.org. That's free. That's yep. free. So even if you go in there and you, you don't want to buy the online program, you can sign up. It's called the Freedom Model International. Um, you can sign up for that and and look at those seminars for free. So, yeah, that's called Freedom Model International because that that's a push that that goes to everybody worldwide that says, hey, this is really what AA is about. And here are the facts and here's where it came from and why they designed it the way they did. Um, and that's for families as well. Sometimes uh, that's probably going to be an adjunct. We'll probably add that to the family program as well for people whose families are immersed in the cult and don't, you know, and maybe they, they have a son or a daughter who's doing the freedom model. And all of a sudden they're saying, you need to go to meetings. You need to yeah. go to meetings. And so it's scary for families too. Yeah. So we designed that for families so that the person that's going through the freedom model can say, Hey, here's some seminars uh, for you folks. So you can see, this is why I'm not going to meetings. I yeah. don't want to go to a cult. Yep. And, and it provides that. And it's very unemotional. We go through it in a very systematic way so that people understand, oh, that's where it came from. And that's why they do what they do and why it's detrimental. Yeah. And so if you're listening, if you get our podcast uh, through like a streaming service like uh, Spotify or Pandora and you want to see the video of us doing this, you can find it on YouTube because yes. uh, this is the first time we've recorded it. Yeah, so. this is history in the making. And now I'm going to lift my my little cup here. <laughs> and I'm going to start to read my clothes. Um, thank you so much for listening today. We hope you found our show informative and entertaining. If you or someone you love is struggling with a substance use problem or any other habitual behavior problem, and you'd like to talk to someone, you can call Danny at 888 to get detailed information about all of our products and services, including our books, our retreat, private instruction via video conference, and our online programs, um, you can go to thefreedommodel.org. Remember, you can get free digital copies of our books at thefreedommodel.org. Enter coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. Follow us on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. And I put up my first TikTok video the other day, so I was really excited about that. <laughs> I, I have a lot of learning to do. It's a steep learning curve. Um, or you could subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. You can join our private Facebook group, the Freedom Model Group where we discuss how people move past addiction and recovery. You can join us every other Wednesday afternoon. So it's the first and third Wednesday afternoons of each month at 4 p.m. Eastern time, um, where we answer your questions. There are many ways to contact us. You can email us at info at thefreedommodel.org. You can private message us through Facebook and Instagram or call 888 424 
1-800-273-8526. From everyone here at the Freedom Model and the St. Jude Retreat, we wish you well. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>